Hello, 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 you wonderfully patient people. It's been a little while, um, longer than I anticipated, and I am sorry for the lack of notice of my temporary departure, but my, my mind, my body, my soul, and every little soupçon of energy that I possessed, 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 was required of me um, by my family these past few weeks. But it is really good to be back. Problems in life rarely come at convenient and opportune times. And this was no exception, but I now have some more time available and some more headspace and just overall capacity to allow my mind to work a bit more, to chat to all of you. There's some social battery there now. Um, I'm not going to go into what's been going on because it's not necessary, um, but like I said, Family is important. Family is very important. Whether that is your blood family or whether it is your chosen family, being there for those that are there for you or have been there for you is very, very important. Some might say the most important thing. Well, taking care of yourself and making sure you can be there for them is the most important thing. But second to that, I think, is the most important thing. It's also raining a little bit, by the way, so if you get a little bit of a pitter-patter throughout the episode, I don't know, enjoy it. Relax to it. There's no pressure here, you know that. But I have missed you. I've been kind of jealous, actually, when I've been <laughs> listening to other people's podcasts thinking like i just been thinking i want to be saying words to people i want to be doing that i miss that who have i been listening to um blind boy blind boy is the main one highly recommend him um for for calming vibes and for mental health um who else john bernthal who plays the punisher and plays Shane in The Walking Dead, and a whole myriad of other amazing roles. He has a podcast where he has he has people on that he he really listens to them, and he, he guides the conversation really well. And I feel like that is missing in a lot of podcasts. And uh, he does it in a really nice way that makes it about his guests and about their stories. And yeah, I tend to gravitate towards those kinds of podcasts where there is a lot of space through courtesy and consideration. Um, I guess what I mean is podcasts where people listen instead of just speak and talk over each other all the time. I mean, I guess it's, it depends what you what you want, but any conversation where people are talking over each other at the same time in real life or on a podcast or in any medium oh, it freaks me out because it 
I'm not going to get, I can feel myself getting stressed already. And if you're the same, then you're going to get stressed as well. So I'm not going to go into it, but it's, it just listen, man. Like there's time for you to, for you to like say your piece and there's time for them to say their piece, but just uh, talking, everyone talking over each other, man. It's anxiety gets high, people get defensive and then you don't come to a good conclusion anyway, because everyone's just defending themselves all the time and it's everyone's just arguing to win and get points and that's silly There's a, is there a plane now I think it's a plane I'm not sure it's a it's a helicopter I'm staying really near to an RAF base at the moment so <laughs> What can you do? I should just like roll up to the to the front gates of the RAF base and be like, excuse me, I know you're like busy training to like defend the country and whatever in the air, but I'm trying to record a relaxing podcast. Do you mind? It's been a while. Okay, I'm trying to come back and make a good impression and all that. Can you just stop for a minute? Just ground all flights, all helicopters, or that you guys can wait for like just an hour, okay? Just thank you. I pre I appreciate it. You know, we're all we've all got stuff to do. We've all just got to be considerate of each other. If you guys just cool, thank you very much. <laughs> do you reckon that'll work? I think that'll work. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, podcasts and listening and not speaking. And I know I'm a fine one to talk with that because I all I do is speak. But um, yeah, I I would, however, like to start bringing on some people to talk here. I know I've said that before, but life's just not allowed it. Um, and I'm very protective of this podcast, so yeah. I've just been scared to dip my toe in, but I will, I will. Um, I will bring on some people to talk about random words, which if you haven't been here before is how this podcast works. I use a random word generator to generate five random words and then talk about them, which I am about to do now. While you over there listen chill, relax, and do whatever you want to do, and hopefully find a bit of comfort hanging out here for a bit. So let's crack on, shall we? And once again, thank you for being here. It's, um, it's nice to be here again. <laughs> okay, the first word is bedroom. Ooh. It's an interesting, interesting first word. I have been spending some time in my childhood bedroom recently just because of family stuff and that's where I've been. And, um, you know, normally I'm living in a van, um, but I, yeah, I've been with family and yes, staying in my childhood room. Well, it's, it's not really my childhood bedroom. It's like, it's the room I've, the room that's been my room since I was like a later teen, but the point still stands because despite it not 
looking the same as it used to. It's strange how much the body remembers. It's, um, it's strange how familiar it feels in a lot of ways, good and bad. Um, it was kind of like my, my room was always like my slice of peace. Um, it was very sanctuary-ish is not a word, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, and I'm sure that it was the same for a lot of you guys as well, and maybe still is. And um, I do wonder, though, if I would have spent as much time there if it wasn't for the fact that I had the internet at my fingertips or video games or, you know, escapism in some way. Well, saying that, if it wasn't those two things, it probably would have been some other form of escapism books maybe or experiments i don't know what kind of kid i would have turned into i probably just would have played more guitar i think instead of youtubing fail compilations i don't know something to hyperfixate on and block out the world for a bit but i don't know stuff like this can be it can be good i think it can be it can be a helpful reminder of growth and how far we've come by which i mean like coming back to your childhood well bits of your childhood in certain respects not permanently but just for a while um and if you're still in that situation and you feel like maybe you have as in if you if you feel like you're what am i saying i'm getting used to this again um if you are still in that situation in a more permanent way at the moment and you feel like maybe you haven't done that much growing because you're still there maybe you've done more than you think feel free to test the water sometimes because you might surprise yourself because i did i didn't realize how much growing i'd actually done until i left and I was like a, a pretty flower allowed to bloom and like my leaves were big, not my leaves, petals. My petals were thick, boy. So <laughs> you never know, you might have some thick petals. So give yourself some credit. Just make sure you water yourself. I also, um, I found... I found like a, a brochure, I guess you'd call it a brochure of our old like family house when we were selling it. So, so that is the one, um, I grew up in and it hit me like a brick because it was how every room used to look in my formative years. I found myself like staring at it for about 20 minutes. It was crazy. I'd just gone from the moment that I, would, I was in. I just completely disassociated and I was, I was right back in that house. It was strange. Uh, I remember I had to do so much tidying of that room to make it photographable in any way. And you can see in the pictures where I've like tactically and very precariously hidden stuff that's like bursting at the seams about to <laughs> avalanche out onto the floor and just yeah cascade down and there's like there were so many 
posters of Hayley Williams and My Chemical Romance on the walls and not 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 in frames, not even blue tacked, sellotaped to the wall. So many, so many bands. Yeah, Paramore, Hayley Williams, My Chem, Metallica, oh God, who else? Um Evanescence, I think was up there. Uh who else? Bullet for my Valentine. They were up there. So many. So many, dude. Um, so when I eventually took them all down because they were all sellotaped, I mean, let's just say I imagine the new owners went through some paint trying to fix that. Here's a thought, changing the subject slightly. Bedroom is named bedroom because it's the room that the bed is usually in. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Bathroom is named bathroom because it's usually where one bathes or has a bath in. Um, study is where one does a study. A toilet is where one does a toilet. You know, like all these things. I don't kitchen. I do not kitchen a hot meal for my dinner. Now that I've said that, I might start using kitchen as a verb. <laughs> now that it's come out of my mouth, I kind of like it. <laughs> I kind of like the way it sounds, honestly. Wow, okay. Might just completely wipe this point off. But you know, like, it's neither here nor there what, whether I like it or not. Why is it called a kitchen? Because the, like, it's, it's the only room in the house that makes no sense. I think like living room, it's where you live or lounge. It's where you lounge dining room. It's where you dine. I mean, I guess conservatory is not where you conservatorate, conservate, conserve, conserve, you can cons conservate. I don't know. I don't like that because it doesn't go with my argument. Kitchen's a weird word. Where does kitchen come from? The Old English root of kitchen is from the vulgar Latin cochina, rooted in coquere, 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 c-o-q-u-e-r-e, coquere, which means cook. And now I have more questions. For one, what is vulgar Latin? Someone starts speaking it and everyone's like, oh my god, Oh, cover thine ears. Oh, like what? What's what's vulgar Latin? Oh, vulgar means common. Vulgar means common or of the people. That's what vulgar meant. Oh my god, that is some institutionalized classism right there. If I've ever heard it, wow. It also has roots in West Germanic. We really did just steal words from all over the place, didn't we? English isn't even a language, is it? It was like, we're the equivalent of like a SoundCloud producer or rapper that just doesn't pay for any samples on the beats he uses and just, you know, just steals loads of people's stuff and just 
puts it out as his own. No credit, no nothing, just, there are words now. Terrible, just terrible. I think the king's getting coronated today as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoopsie. Hey, if you need a compliment today, I would 100%, 110% rather be talking to you guys than watching the king get coronated. That's how much I appreciate you. Okay, I'm going to stop there because that is a steep path down, I think, if I carry on further. So it's a good job that the next word is steep. Ooh, been a while, but still got the segue skills. Um, steep is, immediately, steep is one of those words that to me, if you say it over and over again, it's just going to lose all meaning. I know every word does that, but steep feels like more of those, one of those words. Steep, 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 steep. Steep, 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 ASMR in it, steep, 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 it's the rest of this podcast now, steep, steeple, steeple, that's the church thing in it, that's the, like the pointy bit on a church, steeple, steep, alright that's enough of that, stop now, shh. What have I been on that's steep? What's the steepest thing I've ever been on? I think the steepest thing I've ever been on that's made my stomach leave this plane of existence, like just tapped out, just like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. Good luck, I'm done. That is probably when I stood over a 14-foot vert ramp for the first time. Um, on a skateboard. Vert ramps are like the big, like the skateboarding half pipes, like the big things that people go up and do twisty things on and then come down. Um, I had the fear every time I dropped into a ramp anyway, like, you know, like three foot, four foot, six foot, eight foot, like as they went up, it was all like, you know, pretty brown pant inducing. But... 14 foot was a different beast, dude. It went from like bruised elbow territory to like air ambulance real quick. <laughs> and the worst part was I was up there without a helmet when I was doing it. And the other skaters that were up there were like, when I set up for the job, were like, what in God's name are you doing, bro? Because, you know, all skaters speak like they went to Cambridge. <laughs> um... Yeah, and that's when I was like, oh, this is this is serious. I should definitely be wearing a helmet. And so I put a helmet on. I set up for the drop. And after a little while and some real mindful mindfulness techniques, I bottled it completely. I I never did it, and I'm so annoyed at myself to this day. <sighs> I've never bottled anything since because of that, but I am so annoyed that I never went back and did it. One day I might, maybe, I, I don't know. Like, it's weird, I'd be so okay jumping out of a plane or bungee jumping or that kind of thing, but 
I don't know, 14 feet above the ground. <laughs> I don't know about that. Slow down there, buddy. It's weird. I don't know. There was, a, I'm, just, I'm thinking about ramps like that now because when I was a kid, um, there was this soft play that I used to go to. Also, I've decided I think I want to do that for my next birthday is go to an adult soft play. Um, I think that would be absolutely amazing and the funnest time. If you know of a really good one, please message me. So, yeah, I may I may have spoken about this before, but uh, I'm not sure if I did. Anyway, the one I went to when I was a kid had all the regular soft play things that soft play things have, like the big jungle gym with like ladders and ropes and crash mats and all that fun stuff, ball pits. Um, but right in in this particular soft play thing, there's a better word than thing. What am I thinking of? Complex? Fortress? Maze? Establishment. This soft play establishment. Um, at the end of it, at the end of this, yeah, kindergarten assault course was the Mount Everest of slides to get down to the bottom. Now, like, this place wasn't sadistic. Like, you didn't have to go down this slide if you didn't want to, because you, like, you could go down, like, the nice steps to the side and just chill, have a nice little wander, nice little jaunt down to the bottom. But if you really wanted to prove your worth as a hardcore kid, then you could do, you could brave this descent of the gods. And here's the thing. I saw a picture of it a while ago in my now viewing it from my now six foot two buxom body why did i use the word buxom why did <laughs> why why did i use the word buxom what does buxom even mean do i have breasts i do you have to have breasts to be buck why did i look i looked down like i might Whoever's handling the thesaurus in my brain is either like cry laughing or like just crying because they are suddenly overworked that they can't find the right words. <laughs> just buxom comes out, they just flip to a page and that's what comes out. So me and my buxom self, I, yeah, I saw a picture of it and I, I was shocked actually. I was rendered absolutely aghast. Oh, there we go. That, that that one came out all right. Um, thanks, Joseph. Joseph is the guy that handles the thesaurus, apparently. Um, yeah, I was I was aghast that it wasn't as big as I remembered it in my head. What a surprise! What a lie I have been telling myself all these years that it was actually like the hugest thing in the world, but actually not so much. Actually, do you know what? To be fair, when I looked at it for like a four-year-old kid, it was pretty intense because it's like, it's like a vert ramp in the sense that like, it's not, it, it started with a vertical drop. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a high upslide that's like sort of just chilling on the diagonal, you know, it was like, if you imagine, imagine a graph 
And the, what's a good example for this? Imagine a graph and the y-axis is the percentage of how much I want a dog. And the x-axis is like number of years past. And it sort of gradually goes up, up until like 2019, when I got TikTok and suddenly got fed loads of videos of cute dogs and it just went straight up. That's what it looked like. That's a pretty good example to use, I think. So the moral of this word is I should get a dog and drop in on a 14 foot vert ramp. I think that is what is on the cards for me in my future. I am crystal balling myself. I am tarot carding. Yeah, if you were to like get out a load of tarot cards for me, it, the first one, first one would be death because death is change. And the second one would just be like just Tony Hawk, but like the tarot version. And he's just ripping a sick trick with like some mad airtime, but it looks like a tarot card. And it's called, it's called the hawk. I get death and the hawk. That's how this would work. Reading my own future, guys. I hope this is relaxing for you. <laughs> and the next word is wacky, which is fitting, I think. Dude, I was thinking about um, wacky races not too long ago. Do you remember Wacky 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 Races? Wacky Races. It was um it was an old cartoon. Like a really old cartoon. I think it was made in like the sixties. I think it was the sixties. And it was about a load of different characters driving a load of different cars. And all the cars like reflected their personalities and they would drive like they would race. It was basically Mario Kart really. It was the cartoon version of Mario Kart with loads of different characters. And they would just try and absolutely decimate each other during these races, make each other's cars explode, knock them off the road, like just full on carnage. Like if that was made today, like people would pay a horrific amount of money. It's like Hunger Games or like Battle Royale where you'd like, what? <laughs> I feel that feels very morbid to say, but I think, yeah, I do think people would go and see it. I think it would be utter carnage. I mean, people go and see NASCAR, don't they? And dude, I was watching some videos of like the Isle of Man TT, like the bike race that happens on the Isle of Man. And I don't think I quite realized how fast those bikes go. I think what makes it so uh, captivating and intense is that like the chance of like something really bad happening is just stands on a needle point and I don't know I think there's there's a strange allure with stuff like that the stuff that makes us question our own mortality mortality yeah mortality and the, the same kind of thing of like what is it the call of the void I love that I can't again I can never remember what it is in French but the call of the void I'm gonna google it I must have done this like four times in this podcast now L'appel du vide, that's it. L'appel du vide? L'appel du vide. <laughs> yeah, the call of the void. Um, that thing of like when you stand somewhere really high and you look over the edge and there's that little voice that's like, 
hey, jump. But you're obviously not going to do it. But it's that kind of like, you could. You're not going to, but you could. That's, I love how I went from wacky races to the call of the void. Um, yeah, so intense Mario Kart style cartoon, people racing, trying to kill each other. The characters in it had, well, they had interesting names now that I think about it. Dick Dastardly was like the main character, which is a word you never really hear anymore. That dastardly man. I think that should be brought back because it, well, it like it means what it should mean. It no, it means what it, it means what it should mean. It means what it sounds like it should mean. Like mischievous, cruel, cunning, all that good stuff. You know, he like he he looked like a cross between the child snatcher, child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Child catcher, child snatcher, child catcher, I think it is. Whatever. Guy that was bad for kids. Um, and Dr. Dr. Cortex, Dr. Neo Cortex from Crash Bandicoot, the villain with the big hat. They were like a cross between the two. Anyway, Dick Dastardly had a dog called Muttley who had an amazing laugh that I used to be able to do when I was a smoker, but I don't think I can do it anymore. <laughs> Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> it was it was like that. It was like a really bad smoker's laugh. <laughs> it was kind of like that. I'm gonna pass out if I keep trying to do that. So I'm not gonna. Um, and yeah, they they were like the main team, like the main duo, and a lot of the episode. My voice has gone really strange after doing that. Now that's pretty weird. A lot of the episodes centered around them, those two, and I think they had a couple of spin-offs. I can't really remember. I was a child. There was also Penelope Pitstop, the the gruesome twosome. Um, they were like the horror team. Peter Perfect, who was like the, he was like he was basically a Chad. He was, had like this massive jaw, and was just like swole. He was like, hey, yeah, he was the Chad. Um, and then you had right. This is what I meant about weird names. So as well as Dick Dastardly, you had the Slag Brothers, who were like they were cavemen who drove like a big rock car and so rock slag is i found this out rock slag is a byproduct of it's, it's what you get when you when you smelt down ore to get metal but there is no way that they were named that because it's to do with rocks and like the earth. I don't buy it. It's way too much of a reach. They called them slag because it's funny and it was the 60s. I stand by it. I would bet money on it. The same reason the main character is called Dick. Come on. Do you know what? It's probably the same writers who came up with the, the Bond girl names. Names like Pussy Galore and Holly Goodhead. Like, come on now. Come on. Have some imagination. The next Bond girl should just be called Ethel. Like, really mess it up. In fact, no. No, 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 no. 
Make it a Bond guy. Who, actually, no. Make it... <clears throat> ready? Make the villain and the Bond guy be the same person. Villains to lovers. That's what James Bond needs. That's what it needs. That's the next storyline. Somebody get me the number for Wattpad and whoever wrote James Bond. The Broccoli family? The Broccoli family. We're going to make some money. Okay, this is how this is going to work. I feel like I'm getting slightly off track here, so I'm going to bring it back to Wacky. Uh, Wacky Races was a good show. They, oh, they had this... Oh, oh, okay. They had this extra little bit in it. I was talking about this a while ago. They had this extra... Not to you, I don't think. Maybe to you? No, I don't think so. They had this extra bit in the show called... Right. So... The part of the, there was this part of the show where instead I know you're listening like get to the point and I I am but it needs a setup. There was a part of the show where instead of racing against each other, all the characters grouped together to catch this pigeon who was being an asshole for some reason. I can't, I can't remember why. And I thought I I thought this part of the show, I always thought this part of the show was called, and I would have bet money on this, Catch the Pigeon. And I recently found out it's not called Catch the Pigeon. And I bet if you're listening now and you've watched it, you'd bet it was called Catch the Pigeon too. It's not called Catch the Pigeon. This is the most Mandela-affected thing ever. It's Stop the Pigeon. Go look it up now if you don't believe me and you think it's Catch the Pigeon. It's not. It's Stop the Pigeon. Absolutely ridiculous because so many people in the YouTube comments and stuff of that video remember it as Catch. I lost my mind a little bit when I found that out and I, I needed a sit down because <sighs> Mandela effect goes crazy, dude. It really does. The Mandela, if you don't know, the Mandela effect is basically something in the world that, that a load of people remember being one way or happening one way, but it is actually completely different. Like the example I just gave and it got its name because Originally, because loads of people thought Nelson Mandela, the famous South African figure, died ages before he actually did. Let me read you this. This phenomenon was dubbed, dubbed, dubbed the Mandela effect by paranormal researcher Fiona Broom, who reported having vivid and detailed memories of news coverage of South African anti-apartheid leader Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s, despite Mandela actually dying in 2013 after serving as president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. Broom reported that since 2010, perhaps thousands of other people 
had written online about having the same memory of Mandela's death, and she speculated that the phenomenon could be evidence of parallel realities, which I am totally on board with, I must say. And it also got very weird for me the other day when I I heard someone talking about the Mandela effect, but they were they called it the man uh the Mandela, the Mandela effect. And that was pretty much where I checked out because my brain started hurting. The Mandela effect. And like if he wasn't even called Nelson Mandela, like that's where it's just it, it's it's a layer that I can't handle. You've got to know your existential boundaries, guys. It's very important. Okay, just so you you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this trend going actually, um, because the next word is nuts, wacky and nuts. Two words that mean mentally off kilter. Wacky means funny or amusing in a slightly odd or peculiar way, and nuts is slang for. Well, the same kind of thing, but I feel like it, it has more of a negative connotation, doesn't it? Like, wacky is just, uh, they're just a wacky guy. Same as goofy, like, oh, he's just a silly, goofy guy. But nuts is like, oh, they're nuts. They're nuts, man. But then, then at the same time, there's like, oh, I'm I'm nuts for cake. Oh, I'm, I go absolutely nuts for ice cream. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's that kind of thing as well. What am I nuts for? Dogs, I guess, cute dogs, but that's like yeah, that's a good thing as well. So like, yeah, I'm wondering what the um, def not definition the, the the origin is of that. Let me have a look. Let me have a look. <laughs> so when I Google it, all of this evidence shows that nuts have been a staple in the human diet since the beginnings of history. The oldest walnut remains were discovered in Iraq, and they are believed to be from 50,000 BC. Not quite what we wanted, but a cool fact, if you would like it. We can actually talk about nuts in a second if you want, if you fancy it. Trigger warning, though, if you're, if you're allergic, I guess. Um, I won't go too deep into it. Right, so I was just looking for a, a bit, and there doesn't really seem to be an answer, apart from that it was first used in the UK as a slang term for a mentally ill person in the 1950s. I can't really find anything else other than that, origin-wise, because I, I don't know why someone first attributed nuts to someone being crazy. So we're going to create one. Okay, we're going to create one. We're going to rewrite history. Everyone else seems to, so we're going to do it. And what have we got here? Ah, yes, the the origin of the word nut or nutter comes from the Latin nutera, meaning a person, typically a forager, who was so fond of nuts they would become obsessive. Some were actually known to grow some were actually known to grow squirrel-like teeth to help them forage. Huh. Other foragers who preferred mushrooms were known colloquially as Marios, which lent its name to the titular character of the well-loved video game series Super Mario Brothers. Huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the temptation I have to put that on Wikipedia just to see who believes it and how long it lasts on there is very high. Actually, I think someone who fits that definition very well is, um, you know, Scrat from Ice Age. Do you remember that? Do you remember him? He's is he, he's a squirrel? Is he a squirrel? Let me have a look. He's a saber-toothed squirrel. Yeah, that he's he's absolutely obsessed with acorns, which are also called oak nuts. If you didn't know, there's another nut nutty fact for you. Uh, and he goes to literally any lengths necessary to get this acorn, which is like half the size of him, that he is forever chasing, including, but not limited to, causing avalanches and causing volcanic eruptions. I think even in one movie, he literally moves mountains to get this acorn. That's the bar, guys. Okay? That's the bar for love. Take it or leave it. That's Well, that's where I'm setting my bar anyway. You guys can set it where you like, but that's where I am. I'm looking for that premium kind of love, you know? That's the real stuff. Which is the last word of today? Oh, premium. Hell yeah. I, um, I had this analogy a while ago that... I always meant to make a video about, um, or some kind of content about it, but I never did. So, um, it just ended up sat in my notes for ages, but this feels like the right time to talk about it, I think. So I came up with this analogy that with things in life that can't be bought and require time and effort to obtain, um, putting in a really high amount of effort and dedicating a lot of time to this thing, basically overcoming adversity to achieve it in some kind of way, is the equivalent of paying for the premium version of things that you can buy. So for example, for the non-premium version of whatever we're talking about, let's say mental health, and I'm talking very, very gen generally here. Let's say you're not working on yourself. You're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of your mental health in the way that you need to, to, to have a good baseline. You don't have as much discipline or routine as maybe you would like. You're not taking the steps necessary to make your body and mind align and work well together which is a place I think we've, at least most of us, have, have been at, if not all of us. Even not drinking enough water. You know, if you're not doing all of these things, you'll still work. Like, you'll still be alive. Things will still operate, but there will be a real lack of consistency in how you operate. The proverbial picture won't be as clear the signal will drop out more and the experience in general won't be as good and will be for want of a better phrase way more prone to fucking up basically if you buy the cheap shit it'll break quicker but if you put in more time and effort and care for yourself 
which is what I said way back at the beginning of this podcast when I said the most important thing is taking care of yourself, you know, so you can have the time to take care of other people, etc. If you put in that time and effort for yourself, the premium version of yourself will become available to you. The connection will be better, the signal will be stronger, and, you know, you, you like, of course you can pick holes in this, and there are examples and situations where this doesn't apply. And we live in a crazy world, a very crazy world, where a lot of external factors kick in and apply. But for the most part, you get out what you put in. That's it, really. This is just a long way of saying you get out what you put in. But I like analogies and I like that. And it, I know they work well for my brain. So I am presenting you with that in the hopes that maybe it'll click in a certain way for you if it needs to. Because for one thing, the funny thing is when you've been working with the less premium version for a long time and you don't realize it, it just becomes the new normal to the point where you forget how worth it the premium stuff can actually be. Um, I've never had, oh, I just banged my thumb. I've never had much money. I've had the same laptop for 11 years. And that thing, as much as it has served me incredibly well over the past decade, for way longer than I realized, the speed of this little guy was kind of similar to that of sloths when they're trying to cross the road you know they really want to <laughs> they really want to get across but it's pretty painful to watch and you're just sort of wincing all the time and you just have a lot of anxiety because you're like is this it is this it? Is, are you gonna die now is this is this the end it's just too slow but that was normality for me because it had been such a gradual decline over over these years and I finally bought myself a new laptop and it's unbelievable, unbelievable how much of a difference to my stress levels it has made. So while we can't always get away from a lot of these stresses and external factors in our lives, I think it's good to take stock and have a look at the things in our lives that we might just have gradually let become normality over time that don't necessarily have to be. I'm not saying you have to invest in a new laptop. I am saying you have to invest in yourself because you are worthy of investment. You are worthy of love and care and time. And with that, I am going to leave you. And I very much hope you are feeling a bit more chill than you were when we first started. If you're still around, if you're still listening, I'm very grateful for you. It's been a crazy time, but I think I can hang out with you a bit more now. So until the next time, please do take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and I will speak to you very soon. Okay.